Hello, and thank you for listening in on a series dedicated to addressing the challenges and shifts in culture and work that will arise due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Our goal is to arm you with information to prepare our community for what is sure to be a new normal in the workplace. So today we are joined by a couple notable human resource professionals in our region to discuss how COVID-19 will potentially change the life of employees re-entering their work environments. Uh, first, we have John Brickner, who is a thriving workplace architect at HR Collaborative here in Grand Rapids and Custer's very own Vice President of Talent, Kelly Calvert. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me, you guys. I'm really excited um, to be getting your input on this topic, especially right now in a time that a lot of companies are starting to formulate these plans on how to get their employees back to work safely over what I hope is these next few weeks. Um, so let's just jump into the key question. Uh, for HR professionals and business owners, what do you really feel the top points are that need to be addressed before we're reopening our doors to staff? Kelly, I'll have you start us off. Thank you, Nikki. Um, appreciate being here, first of all, to address these tough questions. I would say one of them is reassurance. We have to put things in place that reassure those who work for us and customers who come into contact with our brands, with our organizations, that we're doing everything we can to assure their safety and their well-being. Another thing we have to keep in mind is be flexible and adaptable. Things are changing all the time, by the minute. We're gathering information. It's a confusing time out there. And so we need to plan to adjust our plan as conditions adjust and communicate those things to our workforce and our customers. There was a really great article recently in the Harvard Business Review, and it really echoes that, that whole reassurance piece. And it, the premise of it is, is really that committing to stability drives agility. And there's a number of different factors involved in that. Those can be anything from making sure that you have super clear priorities, that you're breaking down barriers, whether those be the technical ones uh, for collaboration or the functional ones for work units. Creating psychological safety is key. And the best way to do that is uh, to use failure as a teachable moment. You know, many of our own business models are, are now, you know, have changed overnight. And so using that as an opportunity to say, we have the opportunity to rethink and pivot is huge. Um, harmonizing resources. So how do you increase resources while reducing the demand on those resources? Um, and then lastly, just making sure you have a plan for that recovery. And one of the best uh, plans that we've come across is with the Lear organization, so the JET organization, uh, lear.com slash safe playbook files is a great resource guide that any business can adapt to, to their own organization. Love it. Thank you very much. Um, we've been hearing that a lot of organizations, and I guess Custer included in this, we've been garnering feedback uh, from employees really around their comfort level in returning to work. How do you expect that the concerns that are being voiced um, by our staff are going to influence company protocols that HR are going to have to put into place? So I think that we're just beginning to wrap our head around this. Uh, it, it's, and it's anybody's guess, but I would expect that employee sentiment would rise and fall quite honestly, with the regional news. We've seen that the COVID epidemic tends to regionalize. And so whatever's in the news, and, 
and especially think about those uh, those employees that might be taking public transit, for example, to work. Um, expect that to change as there might be a second wave of, of the virus or, um, you know, different, uh, uh, you know, phased approaches to, to reintegrating in the workplace. Expect that to rise and fall. And I would say, you know, a few other considerations, you know, expecting more paid sick and family leave. Uh, for those essential industries, expect some hazard pay as we reintegrate um, and, and things shift. And then also just rotating schedules, uh, splitting teams into two groups so that they have maybe alternate days that they're working to keep those safe distances, staggering the workforce. So those are a, a few of the things that uh, will, will likely come across as we reintegrate. Great. Molly, do you have anything to add? Yeah, in addition to what John said, I would say we should expect some permanent remote work. We've now proven that people can effectively work remotely. Other things we can expect is that we'll have relaxed or permanently altered attendance policies, even at educational institutions. We certainly don't want people showing up to public environments ill. We can expect different kinds of KPIs, key performance indicators, to assure that things are being completed while respecting employee or student concerns about safety, more flexibility overall. And then finally, we at Custer will definitely be gathering and considering our employees' views as we develop and finalize our plans and probably continue to gain feedback from them as we implement and change plans and change course along the way. That's great. And that kind of leads me into my next question. Kelly, you mentioned um, briefly education and just the changes that this might have um, a little bit on that industry. But John, I'm curious, really, uh, what do you feel the implications of COVID-19 really will have on education, looking at how both this might change how students are learning um, in perhaps a higher education setting and also how we're training our employees? Great question. At HR Collaborative, we work across many industries. So one of the interesting things we've seen in higher ed is that they began to pivot before this even happened, right? The the millennials are now through, uh, you know, the the education system. Uh, and it's, you know, they're having to pivot toward more non-traditional students, toward adult learning and continuing education. So, um, you know, professors have had to move from being the hero to being the host uh, as uh, as they kind of take what used to happen in a classroom and translate it online. So it's this idea that you can translate 100% analog into 100% digital is kind of false. We're not going to have the time to do that. And there's so many industries, whether it be the retail, hospitality space or you know, highly technical scientific type roles, we're going to need robust training and we're going to have to pivot faster. So engaging the people in the classroom to crowdsource some of the content and to share amongst themselves and, and create teamwork where we may not have a physical space to do that is becoming the norm quickly. So um, I think you'll see, you know, physical spaces will be reduced and we'll reallocate a lot of those resources toward uh, you know, towards digital assets and digital collaboration platforms uh, to really facilitate learning. 
Great. And that leads me right into the next question, just around virtual um, and remote interaction, um, because those have been hot topics in all vertical markets, as you mentioned. So how do both of you really feel that digital tools and collaborating virtually are going to affect your industry um, of human resources and people strategy, affecting how you work with employees at your companies, and as well as collaboration in the workplace? Kelly, I'll have you take that first. That's a great question. I think that we're not unlike other functional areas in saying that it's causing us to rethink and reinvent traditional aspects of HR. Um, HR has traditionally been seen as very high touch. Things like interviewing, onboarding, training has been very much done in person. And I believe that this is now not only enabled, but proven it can be effective if done virtually. And so I expect that interview and selection processes, onboarding, individuals might not even see or interact with each other in person until they're actually officially hired. Um, and that's going to be new for us. I think also for any late adopters to technology, this is now a absolute shift. So for things like time and attendance, for things like manual processing of benefits, enrollment, um, those will be gone. Sure. I, I think this concept of essentialism is, is coming up over and over again. And I think people think it's doing more with less. And HR has had the, um, the luxury in the last 11 years of economic growth of just adding programs. But I think in this post-COVID world, it's going to be essentialism is doing less with less. So be getting clear priorities and doing them well. Uh, I think another thing is collaboration, you know, just breaking down those silos, right-sizing the teams and relentless course correction. That's really going to drive innovation even during times. So, you know, we're happy to be a resource at HR Collaborative. Uh, my email's in the show notes. Feel free to reach out. I can happy to be a sounding board for anything that you might be thinking about or ideas you want to run by the HR community. Great. Kelly, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I was going to say, building on John's comment on collaboration, just know that there are a ton of resources out there. This is new territory for all of us as we try to build these return to work plans for organizations. And people are more than willing to share ideas, thoughts, content. Um, John mentioned the Lear resource. There's local resources like the Grand Rapids Chamber of Commerce. There's community organizations. There's the National SHRM organization that has a lot of content many of which are offering free resources at this time. And then finally, just know you don't have to do this by yourself. There's going to be work practices, policies, physical space is all going to change. And Custer is happy to be a great resource for you in that as well. All right, guys, one last question. We've been trying to end these podcast episodes on a positive note. So what unexpected benefits do you feel will come out of this experience? And maybe one or some of the beneficial practices your companies have put into place. I'll be honest, now is the time to, to get creative. You know, one of the things we've done, even in our own organization, is to, you know, to pivot to these online platforms. So we have Zoom chat and Zoom meetings. We've created a virtual break room. We've created a Teach Me Something channel. Um, and I think the benefits of this are that we tend to get so siloed in our own uh, functional areas that I've seen folks more in the last two weeks in the virtual break room than I have in real life, uh, you know, in the last year. So it's a huge, it's a tremendous opportunity to, to kind of reinvent and, and really take down those physical barriers to, to really collaborating. 
I totally agree, John. And I actually want to hear more about this Teach Me Something channel. <laughs> At Custer, one of the things we've done is take Teams and use it to create a large chat room for the entire company. And I will tell you that I've learned more about some of our employees in the kind of work remotely period due to coronavirus than I had in my prior year with the organization. And so it's been just fascinating and great to get to know people on a new level. So in short, I think what one of the great opportunities here is it's really driving community and connection in just new and unexpected ways. And I hope that we continue to build on that. You bring up a great point. It, the crowdsourcing piece is, is key. Um, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves in HR to really know what's the next thing that we need to be building training around. And when we crowdsource information, a lot of times we get better sources and we get a much clearer picture of what the workforce actually needs. And then one of the other great pieces is just crowdsourcing when we put toward, you know, for example, more marketing or, you know, other areas we can crowdsource out and find out the hidden talents of our of our workforce. And we say, hey, we need help with a video. Who might be able to, to jump in on that? I love that. Yeah, I think that it's been a great opportunity to come together as a community, this being an example, and talk to people from other companies um, and other industries just about how we're making changes in our companies. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. That's all I have for today. I think this was wonderful. It's great to hear from a human resources uh, perspective as we head back to work. So everyone stay safe. I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks, John. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time on the new Custer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to find an ending for that. <laughs>